Good day indeed. I hope everyone had a restful weekend. I hope I hope it was good. Uh, last we touched in, it was I guess Friday. Uh, man, it's it's hard to keep track of time with being COVID and locked down myself, and then all that's going on in the world. It's it's hard to keep track of what day it is. Uh, but I guess today's Sunday. Uh, this is Sunday part two for me. I uh, recorded one earlier in the the beginning of the day, thinking ah, I could just get it off out of the way and off my plate, and uh, we'll get that out to you Monday. Not much can change in half a day, right? Well, uh, this is round two of recording this episode, and uh, boy, have things shifted. Um, a little bit to cover today. I, I'm trying to keep this episode a little quicker, um, not just because it's my second recording of it, but uh, I've just had a lot of production in the last week. Uh, I've I've effectively recorded five episodes, um, two for affiliate podcasts, um, kind of giving Canadian perspective to an American point of view. Um, but nonetheless, lots have happened in the last two or three days. So uh, let's, without too much ado, get into it. Um, lots going on. Uh, we, we Last episode, we dismissed Aaron O'Toole. We, uh, we told him to pack his shit and get going. Uh, this episode, we kind of paved the way for the conservative prince. Uh, that's going to be my nickname for... Good old Pierre Polyev till uh, till he ascends to the throne. Uh, I say that half jokingly. Um, from my political assessment, it's the the road is paved with yellow bricks for him to ascend to the leadership of the CPC. Uh, certainly, the media may have a say in that. Uh, whether or not they can smear him effectively, uh, but it it all looks like he shall take the top. Uh, ultimately, we'll see what the by-election will say. Um, I know this member's vote will be going for him. Um, as far as the populace, I think he's got it. Uh, so we'll be keeping a very close eye on that. Uh, I've already reached out to their team, and uh, we will help them in any way we can, because again, I do not pretend to be unbiased. I have a huge bias. Uh, alternatively, I acknowledge my bias, and I do not allow it to shape me unconsciously. So I will happily embrace my bias. Uh, I've worked with the PPC. I will happily do that again at some point. Uh, I've worked with uh, New Blue some. We've, we've had conversations, and I support them too. Um, my allegiance goes with my values. So I am not a religious zealot when it comes to politics. I, I do not pick a team and stick with you because you're my dog. Uh, I will marry myself to my values uncompromisably. Um, I caught a lot of flack for not supporting O'Toole when he was the leader of the federal race against Trudeau. Um, a lot of people argued vote split, and and factually, we kind of tore that a bit apart. But uh, nonetheless, I, I have shown time and time again, my values come before anything. Um, it is not that I pledged allegiance to the PPC. In fact, going into a potential federal election with Polyev running the Conservatives, uh, I genuinely hope that Max's ego can be set aside. Uh, generally, I think Max is a solid guy, and I don't really expect ego to get the better of him. I hope not, at least. Um, I worry about some of the people he's surrounded himself with, um, including Randy Hillier. Uh, 
Uh, as somebody who's met the man and uh, had had at one point a good deal of respect for him, uh, I, I do see him being uh, the PPC's Achilles heel at this point. Uh, and I might catch some flack for that. Uh, there's a lot of people that love that man. Uh, and he is a good old guy. He's uh, he's one of my grandpa's type. But um, he lacks something. I can't put my finger on it. Uh, I just don't trust the man. Um, again, new blue. I, I Not picking parties, not picking sides. But they make a valid valid criticism when they highlight the fact that the man has never once voted against any of these measures uh citing the fact he can't wear a mask so he won't go into parliament to do any of his job um instead he will gallivant around all of canada uh rather than helping his own constituents or his own principles um that's neither here nor there that's just to kind of ruffle some feathers there um but yeah i my values are going to be top priority for me and i have no need to hide my bias my bias is my bias and if that's a problem with you you're probably already not listening um and again you don't have to have my bias to to appreciate uh one's conviction to their bias um my values sorry but yeah lots lots happening uh outside of just inter-conservative politics um I had recorded this, and it was kind of a filler episode, uh, just kind of laying the groundwork for what we're looking at next week. Unfortunately, uh, as I was <laughs> making the kids dinner, I, uh, I got a alert on my phone, and Ottawa police have now called a state of emergency in Ottawa. Um, understandably, that's got a few people concerned, and it's definitely a escalation of things um I've, i kind of sat with it for a bit i, I kind of looked around and saw what people were saying about it um from a legal standpoint it, it looks very bureaucratic uh it, it seems to be an, an um, avenue for them to kind of unlock some funds and to allow spending uh it, it really does seem to be a bureaucratic procedure uh, and granted, I, I can admit that, uh, they should be tapping into some of the federal money because this is a federal problem. It always has been. Uh, Trudeau has been avoiding that dog like like it's his job, um, despite the fact that these are his people too. Um, so no, I, 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 I get mixed feelings from this, this police chief. Uh, he's been really good in moments where it really mattered. Uh, you see instances where they were disgracing quote-unquote the cenotaph um they were quick to come out and say no that's not true uh same with incidents with uh, terry fox uh, a lot of the the spin they've they've actually taken steps to kind of de-escalate which i've i've really appreciated um and again when he talked about the military i think i, I give him the benefit of the doubt it seems like he's just trying to get Trudeau, just like everyone wants, uh, get the people in power to actually deal with the problem, because they know as well as we know, this isn't going away because somebody called an emergency, uh, this isn't going away because a police chief said, hey, you guys got to pack up now, so I think the, the fact that there's now a national emergency in the capital of the country and, and this political center of Canada, um, you're going to be very hard-pressed to see Trudeau or Ford really ignore this much longer. And I, 
it almost seems to me like that is half the point. Um, certainly, it has got people on edge. It's it's definitely a tactical escalation, and it can certainly bring in a lot more force. Uh, it is also been noted that they are now blocking resupply to the truckers. Uh, it's reported that they may be, uh, or at least are able to stop people from supplying gas uh, or supplies uh, up to jail. Uh, they are allowed to detain people now for assisting, from my, again, biased perspective, uh, assisting people with the necessities of life. Because, quite frankly, if you're sleeping in a truck in Ottawa in the middle of February, guess what? Fuel is what's keeping you alive. You need your truck to run so you can live, because you need heat. Otherwise, you're going to be a popsicle. So, we'll see if or how they enforce that. Um, certainly blocking fuel is not going to get them to leave any quicker. Uh, you kind of need fuel to, to move your trucks. One point of concern I do have is given Ottawa being a urban center, just like all of Canada, Canada's urban centers, Canada's, um, all of Canada's urban centers, you have a populace of very liberal-esque people and i that shouldn't be an insult but it kind of is so so i mean if that applies to you kind of maybe take it as a chance for introspection um unfortunately a lot of the mentality in these city centers are very emotionally driven and lack a lot of nuance um i tuned into a ctv host hosting a Twitter space where they had a conversation. And the guy, I forget who it was that hosted it, but he veined a ability to allow contrary views. Uh, he pretended he let people voice their concerns. Meanwhile, he dismissed everything anyone had to say. But nonetheless, he, he allowed a, a platform for liberal-minded people. Uh, if you had one specific viewpoint, he you had absolutely free reign to say whatever you wanted. Um... And in that, they had councillors on Ottawa City Council. Uh, they had trustees from the school board on. And it was quite concerning. Um, one of the school board trustees likened pickup trucks and Canadian flags to symbols of terror. Um, include, as well as gas cans. Uh, they actually asked the city council if they were going to close schools because the idea of children seeing gas cans might be too traumatic or triggering and the chance for seeing racist flags. And let me be clear that there was two instances that I know of in the whole week where that happened. Two individual instances, so two flags, uh, and immediately both were denounced and we have video recording of in the moment they were, they were run off. Um, that should not be said. Like, yeah, we, we need to denounce that, and that should we should call those out. There's currently an award out to find out who was flying the Nazi flag. Um, but the idea a flag poses an imminent risk to your children while they're at their school, on school grounds, uh, and, I mean, it's minus 20 outside. Like, most of the time they're indoors anyway. But a flag does not pose a risk to your children. If you're that concerned, maybe you should check out your child's YouTube history. 
there's much worse to be seen on uh, a Nicki Minaj song or a Cardi B song. Uh, an imagery of a flag without any historical context, these kids, half of them wouldn't even have a clue. Um, and maybe 10% of the country kids might be like, oh, hey, Duke's a hazard. Um, without cultural, like, the flags themselves, without understanding, your kids are not... It just boggles my mind that these people think that flags and gas cans are, are an imminent threat to their children. Um, despite the fact that here's a real possibility to teach children the right and wrong ways of having political civil discourse and, and protest. I don't, you don't have to agree with it. There's, there's a lesson to be shown in all of it regardless. Then we pivot to the, the city councillor. And this is where I get really worried. Um, so I can, I can try and cut the middle. I can, I can try and remove my emotion and kind of give the devil their due and give the police chief the benefit of the doubt that, okay, yeah, they need federal funds. That makes sense. It is, from a managerial standpoint, it is a bit of an emergency. I get that. I worry that the escalation may have ramifications, but uh, nonetheless, we can, we can admit that, yeah, okay, we'll give them that. It was in good faith. However, in the same press conference, in the same meeting, they had a counselor starting to speak on War Measures Act and, and invoking national state of emergency. Um, and having that floated is a different level of dangerous. Um, it, is not, it is not the same gracious olive branch of, okay, maybe it's just funding. Um, because certainly the city budget shouldn't have to bear the burden of this. It should be JT. But when you have city council now speaking of War Measures Act, and uh, which has been since renamed to Emergency Powers Act or something of that like, it is a very big problem. This is where you get into to aspects of martial law and rule by dictate. Um, it's quite literally, at that point, Justin Trudeau can basically do whatever he wants. Um, we, From the very start, we, we kind of figured... He, he wanted that, it would seem, uh, to be a byproduct of violence. If, if the truckers got violent, if they got out of line, if things got out of hand, that is how you would respond. Um, and the truckers and the protesters are all well aware that any, any misstep on their part is going to be heavy-handed met. They've been super cautious about it. They've been very, very meticulous and have not taken the bait. However, now you have counselors floating that idea regardless of it being justified. You have media spinning up ridiculous stories. Uh, there's, there's stories of homeless people being robbed. There's stories of countless assaults. Yet there's no victims coming forward. There's no corroborating evidence. It is all media speculation at this point. And I'm not saying it, it's impossible. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying it, it seems to be more narrative-driven than fact-driven. Uh, we're dealing with the largest Canadian protest at any one time, and video is abundantly available. So if there's, if there's something bad happening, somebody's got... There's a chance our 14 people have it on video. Um, so when I'm met with claims of horrible things, and I have zero corroborating evidence 
it's it's almost natural now to be a little hesitant because the the goal has been for the last week to take the steam out of this by any cost possible so yes it's i'm not buying the mainstream narrative and this this is where a real risk happens where media has lost so much trust that they could actually report something accurately and and we collectively may be too slow to the take because we're hesitant. Uh, it's quite the situation of the boy who cried wolf. I, I want to be guarded on that perspective, but it is a real risk, and this is the problem we have. And we are going to do. We're going to sit down with a, a news organization that's independent, and we're going to we're going to have a whole deep conversation on how uh, the media has kind of fallen apart. But right now we're dealing with this, and and the real risk that the media is peddling crap and one percent of it might end up being true and how do we how do we cut the middle so i don't necessarily buy a whole lot of the the fear campaign i do as as a parent and i've got i've got a little little kid i would agree with the the citizens of the the area that honking beyond eight o'clock like yeah you do need to stop that i i that's a valid complaint and honestly one i wouldn't have seen coming I, when I was cheering on the trucks, I hadn't thought that part through, but as soon as it got brought up, it was a valid complaint. And for the most part, it sounds like they honored that. Uh, it does seem like the weekend they, they got into the little rowdy again and did not honor it. Um, and you know what? It sounds like those truckers got tickets and you know what? That's the price you pay for having fun. Um, but yeah, they should, they should respect the residents. Uh, emergency zones are clear. Everyone likes to talk about this like it's an occupation, and I mean, it's not. You can you can call it an occupation because they are occupying space, um, but it is no more of an occupation than people just living there. Uh, you don't call rush hour traffic occupation. Um, you don't call citizens living there occupation. They did not take over the city by force. There was no violence, no military. Uh, they parked their trucks in a street. And I don't care which way you want to spin it. You have to be factually honest to the words you use. And it, it does not meet the threshold of occupation. Just like you've got politicians and media using insurrection. Um, and one PMO staffer actually tweeted out a satire of calling it the Truckabon, comparing them to Taliban. This is literally staff members on Justin Trudeau's bench. The, the, uh, the attempt to vilify this and dismiss valid complaints, they're trying so hard, but it's just not going to work. You, you can't demoralize these people any more than they've been in the last two years. Um, and at this point, you're kind of just circling the drain when you make these vain attempts to dismiss valid complaints. I just hate to see decent people in the media and the politicians buying into the narrative that it's an insurrection, it's an occupation, they're terrorists. Um, they're not. At most, it's a massive inconvenience for the people that live there. Uh, from first-hand reports, it looks like a lot of the people there actually don't mind it. They kind of support them. It's a little annoying. And yes, I can I can absolutely give you your due. If they're honking at night, yeah, that's not okay. 
We need to stop that. But the the amping up and the vilification is is just a trick. It's a again we we go back to the episodes where we talked about how the media and the polit- political sphere kind of influence people in ways you wouldn't expect. And it's they are absolutely dismissing valid complaints and claims in the face of just calling it evil. They're calling it bad. They they imply that it's illegal or that something unbeknownst is is not right. Um, meanwhile, if all of this could have been averted if Justin Trudeau and Doug Ford would get off their ivory towers and have a conversation. Uh, we've said it before, Justin Trudeau does not have to like or even respect these people, but they are his people nonetheless. No matter how much he wants to call them un-Canadian, they are Canadians. They are our citizens. They are our brothers, our sisters, our, our cousins. They are mothers and fathers. They are productive people in the society. You don't have to like them. You don't have to respect them. But you have to respect that they have a place here. Uh, it, it wouldn't even be considered xenophobic because they're not from another place. You are you are literally afraid of your own people. Uh, it just shows the disgusting classist perspective Justin Trudeau has, uh, and the fact that he won't even give a moment's breath to their point of view. Every every single thing he said in six seven days has been to demonize and rip down these people, not to validate their concerns, not to respectfully disagree it has literally just been to demonize these people so going into next week what what do we expect i don't know i'm getting reports right now actually that uh they have now shut down most lanes of the sarnia blue water border um if that's true and, and watching what's happening in coots uh it seems to be that not only has this uh, this movement, I almost took the bait myself. Um, Not only has this movement kind of mobilized in Ottawa, I think people are seeing the effectiveness that came of Coots, and again, I say this with very loaded breath, is it's a dangerous play doing what they did in Coots. Uh, So far, it seems to be working in Coots. I do not expect that win percentage to carry over. I think if you start reproducing that, it's going to be a dangerous impact. Um, But nonetheless, going through to next week, what do we expect? I don't think Trudeau and Ford can ignore this much longer. I think early next week, you're going to have to see a conversation. Uh, if, If you don't, it... I don't know. I don't know what happens if you don't. But I have hope that, uh calmer heads will prevail after this weekend is settled uh, as you see the protests kind of simmer for the week i think that will be our chance to have conversation and kind of meet at the table again uh, i i fully expect that this is going to now be a cycle weekend to weekend where the diehards that are have the ability whether it's just by chance they're they're able to or whether it's by result of being forced out of a job. Uh, the diehards will hold down the fort Monday to Friday, uh, but at, you're at the point now where I think the weekend surge is going to continue until things change. I, I know myself being 
locked down with COVID last weekend, and even the weekend before. Uh, we're coming up on our 10-day now. But uh, I haven't been able to go. That will now change. I am never was in the woods, but I am clear, and I pose no risk. Again, I didn't need to go out. I had the virus. It was no big deal. Uh, didn't need to risk anyone. Didn't want to didn't want to spread it to anyone because hey you might not have a good roll of the dice even if it's a small percentage uh not who i am i'm not putting anyone at risk knowingly uh but now i'm done i'm good i'm past it and i'm definitely going to be going to some protests in the very near future um so i will be getting out there and i will be getting my voice heard however i I hope that during the calm before the following weekend uh, we can see some productivity. Uh, I know even the convoy organizers, quote-unquote, because it's not just a group at this point, um, but even even the main people have have said, hey, this ends if you can give us a damn roadmap to when we're, we're doing all this. Uh, I know it started out as everyone gung-ho, lift everything now, uh, and no questions asked, just stop everything. Um, they said over the weekend that, no, like, we want to have a discussion, we want to be heard, we want to talk to the people that are pushing this nonsense, and have them be accountable to us directly. Uh, as somebody who's done that with my own politician, who's now quitting, uh, Jeff Yurk, back in July, he voted to keep kids out of outdoor sports for the extra two weeks. And I said, okay, if if you're gonna do this, at least have the guts to say it to my face. Uh, if you're going to act like a jackass and you're going to impose this stuff, be a man enough to say it to my face. And it goes no differently for Trudeau. Uh, if you're going to keep us locked down like this, look me in the eye and say it. Give me a roadmap. Tell me when this does end. And if you can't tell me when this ends, if you can't give a, a rubric on what stops everything, then you shouldn't be running this at all. Uh, even if you do buy the full narrative that this is all justified and necessary, you also have to understand that there has to be a point where this ends. This is not normal. It is not going to continue to be normal. Uh, so you absolutely need a plan. When do you get out of this? Uh, and everyone's racing to kind of to kind of get that stood up. But it's like, instead of just doing that on your own and trying to pretend it wasn't the truckers, just have a conversation. Have a balanced conversation. Give them the respect they, they are deserved. And uh, and you don't have to kowtow to being necessarily bullied. Uh, but give they want to be heard. We all want to just be heard. And treated with basic decency. You can tell me no. You can say no. We have to do this first. This number has to be hit. Okay, I can live with that as long as you don't move the goalposts again. And that's a big problem. We, we've seen the goalposts move every time. And that's why they want to hammer them down to a final target. Because guess what? If you move the goalposts again at this point, it is done. Uh, I, I don't think it gets peaceful if you jerk society around again. And on the note of jerking society around again, uh, look no further than Jason Kenney. So it'll be interesting to watch how Alberta plays out next week. Um, as we see the MLAs basically forcing a vote to override him. Uh, He tried his best to kind of maneuver the optics of that into his favor. Doesn't look like it worked. Uh, He's... It seems like he's balancing a razor blade. Uh, 
Um, I don't know why. I can't for the life of me figure it out. Uh, the populace at this point is for removing lockdowns. Regardless of what side you're on, the majority of Canadians want it gone. So it's not a controversial political opinion. Um, and within his own party, it's extremely popular opinion, being a conservative. However, he's still trying to balance that razor blade, and I don't understand why. So he told the Coots convoy that... Uh, Open one lane each way, and we'll we'll have a vote next week, and the vote will be to scrap the vaccine passport, and then we'll look at the other measures. Coots guys, they all said, okay, that's fine, we open one lane each way, and it's been going smooth ever since. Um, they're set up to have the vote next week. Uh, MLAs said that they were going to push it regardless. Uh, Kenny kind of spun it for his own kind of pseudo win, but uh, he came out today and said that he will be voting to remove Vax Passport, and the rest of the restrictions will be reviewed later in February, and will go in a staggered manner as long as hospital capacity stays below X number. Again, I disagree, but at least if you give a a target and don't move it, we can we can all get along. But we've seen Jason Kenney have so many huge flip-flops that you just can't trust it, and it it really takes this the it takes the the gratitude out of the kind of olive branch he sticks out so we'll see how that all plays out it looks like his own party has turned on him he may not be long before he gets the Aaron O'Toole treatment uh, and i hope so i hope we start to see these politicians held accountable i i hope once we see a new leader in CPCHQ in in the conservative headquarters I think, as we've seen, Polyev have kind of... It seems to me that the, the backbenchers and then the wagon circling has happened long before O'Toole got put out. It would seem that the, the diehard conservatives, the, the big C's, have still been kind of moving chairs in the background. Uh, you, you notice this because Candace Bergen was somehow deputy leader, and then she got interim without any problems. Uh, and for those of you that don't quite understand the context of that, Candace Bergen is a big C conservative. She's Alberta. She when she she's been filmed wearing MAGA hats. Uh, again, here nor there for Trump, um, but it kind of speaks to her political stances. She's a uh, very very conservative. Alberta, big oil, like everything that goes with traditional conservatism. Uh, you'd see her in a cowboy hat and on the back of a horse. So it, it really indicates to me that more has happened behind the scenes than most people realize. Uh, and I hope that that will kind of overflow into pr at least provincial. I'm, this is me being a little bit selfish in the sense that I'd like to see Doug Ford pay his, his pace. I'd like to see him atone for his lack of moral fortitude uh, and his absolute heartless two-faced crap um, I know he tries to save face by going around shoveling cars out of intersections um, but I'm just not buying it he had no problem shutting down businesses countless times in his own words uh, we've had the hardest lockdowns we've done the strictest measures uh, and the last lockdown it took me 30 seconds less than 30 seconds to think of this so He's just failed us 
on a level that should not be allowed to stand. And I worry, because we're heading into a provincial election, and I, I genuinely fear that he may be the best option. And that hurts. That sucks. Because certainly, uh, I don't want the liberals. They're, they're, they want, as of right now, they want third doses on the vax passports, and they want vax passports expanded into liquor stores and, uh, and beer stores. As well as pot shops. That doesn't apply to me, but regardless, for some of you, that's, that's a big deal. Um, so no, I, I don't want the liberals. NDP have honestly become so close to Marxists, like, I don't even know what to call them. It's really hard to look at a party of Jack Layton, uh, the, the union class, the working man, whom I voted for. I, I, they stood for something at one point, uh, and before that, they, they kind of were the blanket union worker vote. So, where they've completely lost the populace of of their base, uh, NDP used to be the working man's party. Now you've got them speaking out against a working man's protest in Ottawa. Um, it doesn't get much more ironic than that. Uh, so those two parties certainly would be tragic uh, for my view on society. I I don't think they would. I don't think they would help us in the situation we're in. I think it would actually make it a lot worse. So I look at Doug, and unfortunately, if he's the only ticket... Again, we've got options like if PPC, whatever they're calling, Ontario First Party, uh, you've got Derek Sloan's party, and you've got New Blue. So we have a splintering of freedom-minded parties. But again, you look at you just look at the scoreboard... And it's hard for me not to consider Doug Ford to be the lesser evil. But but on a, a lighter note, it would be amazing to see a similar situation to O'Toole, where they have a review and decide, hey, this isn't the direction our party wants to go. Um, so let's hope that the shakeup within the Conservative Party kind of sends waves outward and, and kind of cleans the little house up. Uh, we'll cert- certainly see more happen with Kenny first, I believe. I think his head will be on the chopping block much before Doug Ford. Um, but nonetheless, it's going to be a very eventful week. I'm probably going to have another episode this week. As much as I'd like not to, um, I've got another busy week ahead of me. But I, I kind of feel like I won't get away with not. Um, as long as there's something important to touch on, I will check back in. Uh, If it's a slow news week, then we'll touch base at the end of next weekend. Um, But for now, uh, that's pretty much all I have. As always, uh, don't forget to pay the fee. Uh, We ask that you like, share, and give us a review on your your platforms. If you're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, uh, we're even on Facebook Podcasts now. I don't know if that's even a thing in Canada. But uh, yeah, give us a follow on social media, give us a review... Any love you can show us, we appreciate so much. Uh, we, we've really expanded our reach in the last little bit, and we could not have done that without amazing people like you. So thank you for everything and uh, for allowing us to keep doing what we're doing. And in the meantime, you have a great week, and uh, stay free, everyone.
Sound asleep Something's gonna bring the